father out of love and devotion by allowing his earthly father to carry out God's command. Abraham's act of faith and Isaac's willingness are indescribable. We would hope that nothing like that ever happens to us. It's indescribable. We can only let our minds wander and begin to think of the stresses that were there and the the difficulty of those moments. Abraham's son lies ready to bleed, die, and burn by his father's own hand. Wow. Really? I think in amazement at Abraham's obedience that all of heaven looked over. That some who had that right at at the throne room said to the father, he loves you. He loves you. There was glory in that passionate sacrifice. It was private, a private worship service. It was total surrender to God. And that act of Abraham in offering up his son as obedience to God takes us to Jesus. God's son, the darling of heaven, as one of our worship songs would say, was being sacrificed on a cross made by human hands. The creator being put to death by the created ones. Abraham, though, understand this, was offering his beloved son to a trusted friend, God himself. In John 15, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And by faith, Abraham was called God's friend because he laid down his life for his friend, the almighty God. So we learn that a surrendered heart is always ready to sacrifice regardless of the confusion. A surrendered heart is always willing to worship regardless of the cost. And here's the third point. A surrendered heart is always going to obey regardless of the consequence. Genesis 22, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Oh, I hope I'm in tune enough with heaven that I don't miss that call. (laughs) Abraham, Abraham, and here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. That moment was so powerful, so awesome, that those who read this account knew that saying. It was in their culture. It was part of their spiritual fabric. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. 
The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Abraham goes a step beyond sacrifice. He takes worship to a whole nother level. And even though he was ready to do whatever God asked him to do, he was ready to sacrifice his son, Isaac. No matter the expected consequence, even through the confusion and not understanding why, when God spoke a new command, Abraham heard that too. And he set aside his plan and he obeyed God's more immediate plan. Do not harm your son. I wonder, do you ever find yourself crying out to God for help, and you're so set on your idea of how God should work this out, that sometimes you're so set in looking for that answer, that if God would do it in a different way, that you might miss it completely. We can be so set in our way of thinking that we miss God's voice carrying out his miraculous plan. Think about that. But not Abraham. And look at the result. Abraham and his son traded in their undeniable devastation for indescribable celebration. <laughs> I've walked with some families through some very deep, dark valleys. Much like we prayed for Randy Moore this morning. And over time, we've seen what God did. I've seen some amazing miracles where God takes us from that moment of devastation to unbelievable celebration through the work of his hand. And in all of their celebration, you know what Abraham and Isaac were crying out. God provides! God provides! For as soon as Abraham put down that knife and Isaac ex exhaled, <laughs> thinking that was his dying moment, they looked and saw a ram caught in the bushes. If Abraham and Isaac were football fans today, they'd be pulling for the Rams. Okay. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> God provided a ram for the sacrifice. And Abraham named the mountain. Probably nobody here got to name a mountain, right? Abraham did. And it's no surprise what he named it. The Lord will provide. Wow. On the mountain of the Lord, God sees and provides for those who surrender all to him. And on the mountain where God sees and provides for us, we need to come and bow and worship him. Sometimes in the confusion of God, why? 
Why are you allowing this to happen? Lord, would you change this? Would you make it easier for us? Would you bring the answer more like what we were thinking it should be? But when God provides, we come and worship and bow. And sometimes his provision is not noticed until the the, the moment of crisis is the worst. As the flames consumed that lamb offered on the altar, the voice of the Lord came again to Abraham. And don't miss those last several verses I read. That God came and renewed his promise of his provision, which would extend to Isaac and to all future generations of people, including those of us who choose to place our faith in Christ, who choose to totally rely on God today. We're blessed through the Abrahamic blessing. So here's what I've been telling you, that a surrendered heart is always ready to sacrifice, regardless of the confusion. A surrendered heart is always willing to worship regardless of the cost. A surrendered heart is always going to obey regardless of the consequence. Hmm. Cheryl, I hadn't thought about this till now. Some of you know that our firstborn child was stillborn at full term. A little girl. We named her Lee Ann Joy. We'd bought a crib and the, had all the makings for the baby room, and because of how far, far along Cheryl was, and uh, things had looked good up until that last doctor appointment, I had put together that crib, and if you know me, how unmechanical I am, it was quite a chore. But I finally got it all put together, and we set it up, and we're beginning to decorate, and then we came home from the hospital empty-handed. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life was to disassemble the crib and put it back in the box. But we didn't give up on God. We asked him why. We sure needed healing, and he healed. That bedroom that was going to be the baby's room turned into my music room. I spent hours and hours in there with my guitar, singing praise to God. See, he turned the whole thing around. I lost my child. I didn't lose my song. In fact, God enhanced the richness of the song that came from my spirit because of the difficult place in which those songs were born from. And I want to say to you, if you're holding something against God, you're going to have to release it to have the relationship with him that he desires, and he's waiting for you to let it go. Give it over to him. Augustine said, do not be afraid to throw yourself on the Lord. He will not draw back and let you fall. Put your worries aside and throw yourself on him. He will welcome you and heal you. It's time to check your heart condition. 
reflecting on this question, how am I doing? Does he have all of me? Does he have my willingness? Does he have my word that when he comes asking me something I may not understand or something that seems too difficult, that I'll still say yes because he has my heart? I've talked to some people who say, Pastor, when I've asked that hard question, they'll say, Pastor, I know I'm, I'm mostly serving him. And I'll say, what is it? And I wait to hear what that one thing is. The devil has victory in your life if you're holding on to one thing. Partial obedience is actually disobedience. Don't disobey him. So he comes asking us to give up. Surrender what we love most. For Abraham, it was Isaac. What is it for you? He'll ask you to surrender what we fear most. For Abraham, it included leaving the familiarity of the place he was raised in Ur. He did that too. What is it for you? The place where you would be stretched the most, where you'd be pulled out of your comfort zone, where you would have to totally rely on God. What do you fear most? And it'll ask us to surrender what we desire most. And I'm not talking about... I'm talking about the desires God births in you, not, and those are holy, not unholy desires, fleshly desires like fortune or pleasure or power. Those things are like chaff, and they're all going to get burned up in the end. They're not going to last. But God asks us to even take those holy desires and turn them over to him completely. Abraham proved to us that total surrender to God is total obedience to God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward and prepare to lead us in a song. On this uh, Sunday before Veterans Day, I found this illustration, thought it'd be very appropriate. A former uh, general superintendent in the Church of Nazarene, Dr. Charles Strickland, I heard preach many times. He, stole, he told the story about Big Jim returning home from the war, World War II, came to the train station in Kansas City, and when his mom saw his coat sleeve, his coat sleeve pinned to his side, she cried, Big Jim, you lost an arm. To which he replied, No, Mom, I didn't lose an arm, I gave an arm. I gladly gave an arm to keep the stars and the stripes flying. When we surrender our hearts to God, it's not about us losing something. It's about giving everything to God. But he's a great return giver, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Abraham didn't lose a son. He offered his son to God as a sacrifice to keep the flag of surrender flying over his heart. And as the surrendered flag waved, God intervened when Abraham went one step beyond sacrifice to total reliance. And as, as Abraham expressed his total reliance on God, he had total obedience, even though the moment was very hard. God gave Abraham back his son, his dearest possession. I'm inviting you today to give back to God whatever he's given you, entrust it to him, recommit yourself that you're going to rely on him. Our altars are open if you need to come and pray, but I'm going to invite you to stand reverently in his presence. 
and ask you that question one more time. How are you doing? He died for you. The least you could do is live for him. Father, I pray for obedience in this moment, this moment of decision. I thank you for many in this room who this will just be a reaffirmation of of what they have already given you, what you already have from them. And not even knowing what the next moment holds, Lord, we reaffirm that we give you all of us. But I'm praying also today for some that have that one thing they're still holding on to, holding back from God. I pray this would be the moment of surrender, of release. I pray for those who are struggling to rely on you completely in their lives, that Lord, today would be a moment of obedience, saying, yes, God, I'm gonna totally rely on you. You know what I need. I'm gonna trust you to provide it. And as we sing, this is a great time to respond, whether you come to the altar or you, you uh, share with God right where you're at. But you're going to have to answer the question, how am I doing? The Holy Spirit's asking today, and he awaits your reply. Let's go through to victory. Let's surrender to God.
25 years of ministry uh, to different congregations and hundreds and hundreds of people. I found that when we get in the hard places of life where your back is against the wall or where it seems like life is falling apart, the people who make it through to victory are the people who were surrendered. I want you to be ready for that because we can't predict beyond this heartbeat what's next, but God knows and he wants you, all of you. Let's sing that again, I surrender all, just the chorus. Surrender all. Is that where you're at? Are you doing it? I surrender. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender Amen. all. Amen. Well, praise the Lord met us here. He's right here. Don't miss the moment. As in a moment, I dismiss people from this room. If you need to pray, just come to the front. Would you bow your heads once again? Lord, here we are, and you know us. You know us inside out. Can't hide anything from you. I thank you that you've used your word again today to impress upon us the victory that is ours when we are surrendered to you. So God, here we are in total reliance on you. The future is unpredictable as we could even imagine, but only you know it completely. We put ourselves in your hands as surrendered vessels. And now surrendered to God, we go to serve. Send us, Lord. You've equipped us for your mission. Send us, equip us, flow through us in your power and your grace to this needy world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to pray, come to the front. 